today I want to raise the question, is it possible for God to guide me, to speak to me today through the Bible? What I mean by that is not so much, you know, can I get a general sense of divine revelation and this is something about Jesus and God, but for me personally today and what I have to live this morning, this afternoon, is it possible for God to speak into that specific thing through his word? And the answer is yes. And that you can do this every day. This forms the basis of, of a lot of people's prayer. So what might that look like? In a very simple way, how could you integrate this into your daily, your daily prayer life? There's a thing called, um, what is it called? Lexio Divina, there you go, which is the Latin for divine reading. So that's, I'm not going to go into the steps of Lexio Divina, but it's somewhat similar to this. I personally find the steps of Lexio Divina hard to connect with, and it's taken me a long, 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 long time to really start to get fruit from it. This is a, a simpler version maybe of that that might work for you. So the simple process is we find a little scripture, of course. Um, I highly recommend the Gospels, just a little passage. Uh, the best place to start is to find what's the gospel for the day. You could look up just Google that. What is the gospel for the day? The Catholic gospel for the day. And usually it's a fairly manageable size. Take a little look, say a little prayer first, ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you, and then read it through. Now we're going to look for three different things and they go in stages. The first one is what I'm going to call the then meaning. What did it mean when, when St. Mark, St. Luke, when they wrote it? What was it that was kind of the first and primary meaning? And usually it's a fairly obvious one. A sower went out to sow some seeds, Jesus once said. So what's Jesus talking about? Well, he explains it later on. He says, well, the sower is, is himself and, and the seed is the word of God. And so you get this kind of basic first level of meaning that he was trying to communicate to his, to his listeners, uh, that the, the gospel writer was trying to communicate to the readers. So what was the then meaning? First of all, maybe take note of that. You could write that down. I think this is what he meant back then. Now the problem is if it stays a back then word, then what's that got to do with 2020 whatever, right? If it's not alive to me today, then it, it's in danger of being a dead word. And then God's gone silent. And that's not good. That's the then meaning. That's why we go on to the second, the second level, which is where you're looking for the timeless principle. Okay, what does that mean? How does this word apply to all time? So remove it from the particularities of first century Palestine. What might this say to everybody? What's the principle? What's the, the lesson, the takeaway that, that would apply to all time? Figure out what that is. And then the third step, and this is the important bit, and it's the now application. Me, personally, today, how does it speak, not just in general to the 21st century? Are we in the 20? We are in the 21st century, I think. Not just what does it say in general to people today, or how might I preach this at my friends who are all big pagans? No, no, me. What is Jesus saying to me? What is God challenging me to look at and to work on and to grow in? And that's the really important thing. Have you ever heard a homily where you felt sort of preached at or talked down to, where the priest wasn't really communicating anything of himself or his heart. He had found some moral lesson from the scriptures and he's sort of firing it. I do this all the time. <laughs> Let's open fire, find some words to, to shoot at the congregation and that'll do. So that's where we're in danger of reducing God's word down to moralism. So it's just do's and don'ts and it misses the relationship. 
and it misses the love and it misses the heart of the father who so loves the world that he sends his sends his son jesus that he sends his word to you today for me as a priest as a preacher is the real temptation i need to really work at no 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 Forget about the moral lesson for the moment. What is God saying to me? Now, if that's a moral lesson, great, that's what I'll preach. But if that's something else, then that's what I'm going to preach. That I find the most effective way to preach is by beginning with like, how is God, the living God and his living word, not my opinion, not my, you know, memories of something someone taught me in seminary. What's the living God saying to me today? And that's what I preach. And that's what I pray as well. My preaching has to come from my prayer. Otherwise, it's in danger of being a dead word and just being a Columbo word rather than a Jesus word. So too, in your prayer, look for the living word. What's he saying to you? Where do you feel that? Oh, I really feel slightly uncomfortable because I think Jesus is looking at me. He's gazing into my soul and he's speaking to the thing I don't want to change. So we're looking for the then meaning, the timeless principle and the now application. Once I get the now application, then I'm going to talk to Jesus about it because I feel he's speaking to me. His word is broken through. Now I can have a little conversation about that, maybe make some commitment that I can take away and bring through my day. So I want to show you how to do this really quickly. I'm going to look at Matthew 19, the rich young man. Yeah, hopefully you know the story. If you don't check out chapter 19, it's towards the, the second half of it. So this rich young man comes up to Jesus and says to Jesus, what good thing must I do to inherit eternal life. And Jesus has this cool response. He says, why do you ask me about what is good? There is one who is good alone. Something like that. <laughs> Let me take a look. And he said to him, why do you ask me about what is good? One there is who is good. If you would enter into life, keep the commandments. And it goes on and Jesus lists some of the commandments and the guy says, I've kept these all my life. What else must I do? And Jesus says, go sell everything, give it to the poor, come follow me. And the guy walks away sad because he was super rich and wasn't ready to part with his riches. What's the then meaning? Well, the then meaning, first and foremost, was Jesus talking to this guy and challenging him, uh, who obviously was, was attached to his money. And uh, he was looking for some way. What do I, what, give me the thing I have to do. Uh, you know, let, let me take this box, maybe. Let me take this box so that I can be guaranteed getting into heaven. I've worked hard at this and I just want to make sure I get to heaven. You know, I don't want to do all this work for nothing. Jesus tells him, this guy, I think, sort of challenges him into maybe a relationship, really. is inviting him to say, you need to let go of all that stuff you're relying on. You need to do a lot more than box ticking, lad. You need to come and follow me. At least that was the challenge to this guy. That seems to be what he was saying right there. And the guy wasn't ready for it. That's the then meaning. Okay, timeless timeless principle. How might this apply to everybody? Something that I would say is not the timeless principle. It doesn't mean that everybody has to give up all their money to follow Jesus. That was something very particular to that guy. It's particular to certain people, but not to everybody. So I would, I'm just going to put that one aside. Uh, what would be the timeless principle here? Now I actually have to stop and think. Oh, I think the timeless principle here is this guy is looking for, he's, he's looking for salvation apart from relationship with God. Give me the thing I have to do. And I'll do that thing. Don't you don't you don't be asking more of me. Just I just want to get to heaven and I want to do it with all my money and nice and comfortable. Thank you very much. And Jesus invites him repeatedly, actually, repeatedly invites him into relationship, and the guy pushes him back. It seems to me that that's the timeless principle, because that applies to all time. We cannot get into heaven without a relationship. 
with an actual personal heart connection. You have to give your heart to Jesus. You can't tick the boxes and, oh my gosh, I'm preaching. <laughs> Stop! <laughs> that seems to me that might be the timeless principle. How does this apply to me? So I want to take those, those principles and those thoughts and say, okay, how does this really challenge me today? Okay, the way this challenges me, and this would be very different for you, okay? And this is the important bit that you need to take some of that principle, take some of that then meaning and say, how does this speak to me? Okay, the way it speaks to me today is control. It seems to me that this guy wants control. He wants to put, like, to fit God in and salvation in a little box. And that's something that I want to try and do as well. I want just like, Jesus, no, 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 don't, don't tell me. Uh, you know, I, I, I do lots of box ticking. You know, I'm a good little boy. Kept the, I've kept the commandments. Just what's the, is there one other thing I need to do? You know, I can add to, to my little schedule and then I'll be saved. And Jesus says, no, no, I want your heart. And that scares me. <laughs> that's a scary thing because I can't necessarily, I can't control God. And it seems to me this guy is trying to sort of control God, put him in his box. And I try to do that all the time as well. So I feel God speaking to me today in this is like surrender, let go of the control, Father Columba. Jesus doesn't call me Father Columba, by the way. That'd be funny. But <laughs> can you surrender control to me today? That I could really let go of all of my control over salvation. That it's, it has to be a gift I have to receive. And I find that really challenging and uncomfortable which probably means it's from Jesus. I hope that makes sense. So there is my then meaning, my timeless application, my timeless principle, and my now application. And now I'm going to pray into that with, with Jesus. I'm going to talk to him. So I might say something like, Jesus, I feel today in the scriptures, you are challenging me to really surrender on a new level. All of my efforts to control you and control situations and outcomes and it scares me to let go of that control. It scares me because I feel out of control and unsafe. and I like to feel safe. But you really are enough. I really can trust you and let go of all of my treasures, all of my everything, and surrender my life to you, and you will really look after me. Something like that. And I'll talk to him and give him my heart and all that good stuff. I Usually I will write this journalist stuff out. So I hope that's helpful. So you start, you say a little prayer, ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you, find your scripture, read it. You're looking for the, the then meaning. Then you look for the now, uh, the times principle and the now application. And then you pray with it. It doesn't have to be massive. It doesn't have to be the kind of thing you would ever preach or ever share with anybody. It just has to be some little way to dig into that word to say, how does it apply to me today that I can then talk and pray to Jesus? And I found that this is, it's amazing how it like, oh, and sometimes it's scary how this predetermined scripture, because it's all set throughout the year, so every day has its, you know, it's predetermined for years in advance, what reading is going to be on that day. And, and it's amazing how that reading is like almost exactly the reading I specifically need for that day. And I know the Lord really wants to speak to you in the same life-giving, living way. He is a living God and his love for you is alive and living today. He wants to speak to you today. God bless you.